find that when I'm experiencing God, I'm at my best. I feel like I'm the best version of myself. I think God wants us to see us for who we are, not for who we think we are. I think he wants us to see us as he sees us when we spend time with him. And so I find that when I'm really truly in that place of adoration, that place of encounter, he reveals not only himself to me, but he reveals my true self to me and my true identity to me, which is always amazing. Welcome to the I Am Here podcast, a space to be inspired by stories of men and women who have found in the Eucharist the strength and purpose for their lives. I'm your co-host, Leah Butalid, and I've been gathering stories for IamHere.org. And I'm Father Mario Amore, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit, and today we welcome Father Jim Lowe to share his story. Welcome to the podcast, Father. We're so glad to have you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit about where you serve, what parish you're at, how long you've been there? Uh, help us get, help our listeners get to know you a little more. Yeah, I'm currently at St. Scholastica Church in Detroit, and I'm in my fourth year. It's really a blessing. Uh, the people are wonderful, so humble, and uh, it's just a really beautiful community. And um, I've been there probably in Detroit for almost nine years now in different ministries, but I've been at St. Scholastica for four years. Okay, wonderful. We're blessed here in Detroit, in the Archdiocese of Detroit, to have several uh, religious communities who serve alongside uh, the diocesan priests here and, and help the Archbishop to minister to the people. Uh, Father, can you tell us about your community? Yeah, I'm part of the Companions of the Cross. We were originally founded in Ottawa, Ontario in 1985, and now we have a house of formation here in Detroit, and uh, we have quite a few of our seminarians, uh, six priests, and we're, they're studying at Sacred Heart Seminary. So we're a Eucharistic community. That's one of our four pillars, Eucharist, Mary, uh, openness to the Holy Spirit, and fidelity to the magisterial teachings of the Church. And our primary charism is evangelization. So we love talking to people about Jesus and leading people into a life-changing encounter with Him. And a lot of times it happens within the context of liturgy, within the Mass, or within Eucharistic adoration. So this is very fitting. Well, we're blessed and we're so glad that you're here with us in Detroit and bringing that spirit of uh, just evangelization to uh, all the people that you encounter, but especially those that you serve in the city. So uh, welcome again, Father, and we're so glad that you're here to share your story with us. Yeah, thank you. And um, so I, I, we were talking earlier and I mentioned you're the first priest guest that we've had on the podcast. And um, it sounds like there were hints of your vocation that showed up a little bit in your childhood and growing up. Can you share a little bit about um, any sense that you had as maybe a child that you might be called to the priesthood one day? Yeah, probably the biggest one was I was a small child. I would uh, set up a little mass in the dining room and crush little wonder breads into hosts and <laughs> I'd have a little cup that I would uh, give out to my mom's dolls around the table and I, if I I can't remember exactly whether or not I said all the right words but I think it was pretty close I uh, would say the mass and I uh, really felt like maybe that was the beginning of a desire in my heart to want to be a priest beautiful yeah so um you you grew up in a Catholic home and with, with were introduced to the faith as a young child yeah I was always Catholic my whole life. My parents were very faithful. It was never an option for me to go to Mass on Sunday. Sometimes I'd be tired in the morning. My mom and dad would say, as long as you're living under our roof, you're going to Mass. <laughs> Get in the car. We're going to go. I'm grateful for that because 
I was really um, exposed to the community, exposed to a real vibrant community of faith, actually, growing up. And my family was very strong in their faith as well. Awesome. Father, so often when we think about just the stories of our own faith life or if we hear other people's stories, something happens within um, hearts and, and within people's faith as they uh, kind of move into not only high school, but also into the college years. Um, can you tell us what was your faith like during, during college? When I was at university, I kind of had a, what we call cultural Catholic faith. I went to mass on Sundays. I was actively involved in the church, but I didn't have a real sense of this personal relationship with God. It was more going through the motions. I knew I was supposed to be at Mass on Sunday, but the rest of the week I was just living a life of a university student, and I knew that when I go to Mass on Sunday, God is there. He's blessing us, but there was a lot of inconsistencies between the way in which I was on Sunday and the way in which I was the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. I think that's... uh that happens so often in in all of our lives and especially as we mature um for those of us who have grown up in the faith we we know what we should do we've been taught what we should do and and uh going to mass is so much a part of that and as as we grow in in our faith we begin to ask sort of those deeper questions like why why am i catholic why am i doing uh what i'm doing um, and yeah, we think about just all of those ways in which we go through the motions. And when we think about that, we can also see the beauty in it that uh, we've been we've been formed in a way to to worship and and to believe that um, just calls us to a point where we can begin to reflect more on why it is we do what we do. Um, uh, so we don't have to learn how to do it, but we just we ask the questions of why, and that always brings us into um, just they can bring us into a deeper relationship with the, with the Lord. And so those going through the motions, it can be frustrating sometimes for us, um, but we can also see just how how it how the Lord is working through it all and, and bringing us to a place of really to to surrender and to to give our hearts and, and lives over to the Lord. Uh, if, if we just allow him to, to bring us to that place. So um, some of us out there, if we feel like we're, we're culturally, culturally Catholic or, or going through the motions, I think just a, a good mes- message is to, to be patient um, and, and to bring ourselves before the Lord and, and allow the Holy Spirit uh, just to work in our hearts and in our lives. So Father, you, this sense of going through the motions all kind of shifted at some point for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what took place to kind of jolt you out of this cultural Catholicism and into this deep, deep love for Jesus, especially in the Eucharist? Yeah, I came back from university and was living back in the metro Detroit area. And uh, one day I was just driving down Woodward Avenue towards my home parish in Troy. And I saw this big crucifix on the corner of 12 Mile and Woodward. And I just heard this small little prompting, this small little voice, turn in to this parking lot, go here today. I wasn't accustomed to that kind of prompting at the time. I wasn't accustomed to hearing the Holy Spirit directing me or guiding me, but I was faithful. All God needed was a little bit of permission from my part. And I went in, it was at the National Shrine of the Little Flower, and sat down on the side of the altar and went 
through the motions as I normally do, except when I came forward for communion on that day, uh, I, the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion said the body of Christ. And I said, amen. And then the extraordinary minister of Holy Communion aside said the blood of Christ. And I said, amen. At that moment, I had an uh, experience of God, an uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit, kind of a, a real conscience, conscious awareness of His presence at that moment, and that was very powerful. And it really, for me, opened up my eyes to the reality of who God is in the Eucharist. For the first time, the Eucharist was real for me. It was something more than just a piece of bread and a cup of wine, and I was able to actually go back and kneeled down and started crying and the couple sitting next to me said you're not from here are you I said no I'm not I have never been here before well you should come back next week for the youth mass and I did the same thing happened again at the youth mass a very powerful experience of God in the Eucharist I really felt like Jesus was truly present and at that moment I said after I knelt down and was crying again okay God Clearly you want something from me. What is it? And the youth minister got up and said, we're looking for volunteers for our core team. Come down after Mass. And, and, and I did. And that was the beginning of a new journey for me. It was the beginning of a reawakening in my faith and the beginning of a, just a new chapter in my life. And so then you kind of stepped into this new role in youth ministry. What did that kind of look like? What was your involvement like and how did that affect your faith over time? It was a lot. It was a life teen youth ministry, and I was learning a lot as I was going through, and I was journeying with the youth, but I also, God was journeying with me, and as I was serving, he was revealing himself more and more to me. There was a lot of adoration, which I wasn't accustomed to up to that point. There was a lot of praise and worship, which I wasn't accustomed to up to that point, and just the teachings. You know, we'd have to give teachings, and I found that I had to do a lot of research because a lot of the stuff that I was supposed to teach, I didn't know myself. So I had to go into the catechism. I had to really allow myself to be formed more and more and more as I was journeying with the core team and journeying with the youth. Wow. And how did you start to see that impact your own relationship with Jesus? Yeah, it was pretty quick, actually. I started praying more. I started listening more to the voice of God in the scriptures, particularly spending more time in the Word of God, spending more time unpacking the catechism and the teachings of the church. And I just felt blessed. I felt like God was revealing himself to me in a way that he never had before in my life. And so um, it was very powerful. How did your relationship with the Lord, um, particularly in the Eucharist, how did it, how did it grow over time from from that kind of first initial moment of, of receiving the Lord at Shrine, going back the next week, receiving the Lord again, feeling this call to to, to more service in the church. What what was that, that journey like? It was amazing. I remember specifically spending more time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament after this experience. And I remember they had a perpetual adoration chapel. They still do. And I would go there and I would spend time just in a quiet place and I would just gaze on the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and I really felt like he was gazing back at me. It was like this real exchange that was taking place, this real relationship. But the most powerful experience, it was on Holy Thursday. Uh, we had a beautiful liturgy and 
they have this other area off to the side over at Shrine where they bring the Blessed Sacrament and it's right below the big crucifix tower and expose the Blessed Sacrament. And I was just on my knees, I remember, for hours just there. And I had my eyes closed and I was just in the presence of God. And it was so powerful. It was the first time I've ever experienced Holy Thursday in that kind of a way. And I think I was there probably for several hours and I opened my eyes and looked around and most of the people that were kneeling around me were gone at that point. But there were still a few other people there. But it was just a a very powerful realization that Jesus is really, truly, substantially present in the Eucharist in adoration. What does it feel like for you to experience God? It feels amazing. It's uh, peaceful, a lot of joy. Um, I find that when I'm experiencing God, I'm at my best. I feel like I'm the best version of myself. Um, I think God wants us to see us for who we are, not for who we think we are. I think he wants us to see us as he sees us when we spend time with him. And so I find that um, when I'm really truly in that place of adoration, that place of encounter, he reveals not only himself to me, but he reveals my true self to me and my true identity to me, which is always amazing. Yeah. And do you feel as though that that first uh, that first time receiving the Lord at Shrine, do you feel like that was sort of the beginning of your own sense of the Lord calling you to the priesthood? Absolutely. It was a very short period of time before I started once again uh, thinking about the priesthood and taking it very seriously. And I remember Father Joe Horn was the associate at the time and started meeting with him and the hunger for the priesthood started burning in my heart. So I guess he was kind of the vocations director before he was the vocations director by <laughs> leading me and guiding me towards that end of the priesthood. But yeah, it was a real strong desire that started burning in my heart once again, you know, mm-hmm. after a long period of time. Yeah, and I think for for all of us uh, who are privileged to be called to the priesthood, um, it's it's always an encounter with the Eucharist in one way or another that, that leads us to to that point of saying, okay, Lord, if, if this is what you want, um, give me the grace and strength to do it. It's uh, just so so powerful to 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 think and pray, you know, as as a man discerning about the priesthood, um, about what what it would be like for the Lord to use us as as an instrument um, to bring about his his uh, the body and blood of Jesus and, and to be able to share that with others. Um, so I, I think that for, for any any man who might be discerning a call to the priesthood, uh, I think I think number one is just to, to stay close to the Eucharist, would you say? Absolutely. All of the pivotal moments in my discernment and in my conversions, ongoing conversions in my life were in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, was in the Eucharist. Probably the most significant next step was being full-time youth minister at St. John Vianney in Houston, Texas, and I was privileged to have a perpetual adoration chapel literally right across the courtyard from my office, and so I spent a lot of time there in prayer, and I heard the voice very clearly of God leading me and guiding me in that direction towards not only the priesthood, but growing deeper and closer to Him. Would you say that 
being in the presence of the Lord was was uh, essential for you to to be kind of convicted in that call? Absolutely. Yeah, even when I started taking more seriously my call down in Houston, uh, a priest in our community, Father Francis Frankovich, he gave us this exercise that was really powerful. It's advantages and disadvantages to marriage, advantages and disadvantages to priesthood, and then bringing those into the chapel and sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament, just writing a whole list of each, and then bringing those lists to the Lord and saying, okay, God, reveal to me which of these things I've written down are the most powerful and most important. And they just pop off the page. Well, the priesthood popped off the page in a very strong way, and it was the, I believe, the Holy Spirit and Jesus present in the Eucharist that really helped me to be able to see that clearly. And the reason why he put me through this exercise was so that the discernment would be very clear and that I would be, I would never question it. I would go back and say, no, I really discerned this really well, and I know this is God's will. And to this day, I've never questioned my call to the priesthood, and I hope and pray I never will until I die and go to heaven. And discerning any vocation, I, I'm sure, kind of brings into focus the sacrifices required, especially when discerning the priesthood. Can you share a little bit about how, in in the presence of the Lord, Jesus responded to you when thinking about, you know, those sacrifices or thinking about maybe um, thing the, the challenges that the priesthood would bring into your life or um, what maybe made it difficult to, um, to boldly step into that vocation, if it was difficult for you? For me, the way Jesus responds to these kinds of human ideas of sufferings or sacrifices is turning everything upside down and revealing the blessings, revealing the gift, revealing the reward, revealing like this is what the priesthood is and this is what you're going to be able to live if you're a priest. And so it's just kind of taking that narrative that kind of the world, the flesh, and the devil sometimes puts in our mind and replacing it with the narrative of God's plan, God's will, God's desire for me and for my life and putting it on my heart. So that's been my experience. There's, I wasn't going to share this. I was thinking about sharing this a minute ago, but now that you've asked the question, the other powerful experience of the Eucharist was on Holy Thursday when I was a seminarian, and I was at Holy Rosary Parish in Ottawa for adoration. It was about 10 p.m. at that point, and I was about ready to go, and I remember hearing a very clear prompting from the Lord, stay. And I remember just kind of arguing, well, it's 10 o'clock. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's late. No, just stay. Stay a few more minutes. So, okay. So at that moment, I remember hearing a very clear message. You are called to be a priest and a priest of the Companions of the Cross. Don't ever doubt that for the rest of your life. That's my call for you. And stay with it and don't ever question it. And from that point on, I never questioned it. I never thought about anything else. So it was that obedience, again, to the little prompting, the same prompting that led me into the parking lot at Shrine. You know, when we listen, when we pay attention, when we follow those promptings and wait upon the Lord for him, him to speak, it's, it could be very powerful. It's so um, amazing to, th- to think about. It, it's oftentimes in those, in those extra few minutes after the time when we felt like we wanted to leave <laughs> that uh, the Lord works in powerful ways. One of our uh, professors in the seminary, a good priest, said, 
uh, you know, when, if you get distracted in adoration or if there's just something inside you that wants to leave, 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 he said, just stay five minutes longer because so often that's when, um, that's when uh, the, the grace happens, you know, in, in those extra moments, um, in those extra moments of sacrifice and, and praise God that you stay longer. That well, day. it was powerful. And I think it might be St. Louis de Montfort used to tell the lay people, if you can't find one hour to pray, pray two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think that was St. Louis de Montfort. I might be misquoting the saint, but one of the saints said that. So can you tell us now, um, so on, on the other side of, of hearing that call to, to serve the Lord and, and to be a member of the Companions of the Cross, um, wh- what it's like for you as a priest to celebrate the Eucharist um, you know, to, to preside at Mass, to, uh, to lead holy hours in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, wh- what's that like for you? What does it do for your heart? Amazing. <laughs> Humbling. Who am I? Here I am bringing Jesus to the people. You know, it's just a very humbling experience and the power that comes from the presence of God not in me so much, he's present in me, but the presence of God in the Eucharist, in Jesus' present body, blood, soul, and divinity, has the power to do what he did in my life, in the lives of anyone and everyone who comes with an open mind or an open heart. It's incredible. I don't do much. I say the words, Mm -hmm. I pray the prayers, I have the right intention, and I prepare beforehand and give thanks afterwards, but just the uh, acknowledgement that it's God who's doing these things, healing people's hearts, changing people's minds, leading people to a place of conversion each and every time they approach him in the Eucharist, whether it's in the Mass or whether it's in adoration. And my part, I know it's going to sound like I'm minimizing my part, but it's just to show up yeah, and yeah. do what I do and let God do the rest. Yeah, no, no, it really is. Uh, similarly, you know, with me, I mean, it's, it's pretty... Um, uh, mind-boggling to think um, what we are able to do or what the Lord does through us. And, um, you know, sometimes if we spend too much time thinking about it and, and um, yeah, just contemplating the mystery, it, we're, we're just kind of left speechless, you know, or, or like in our hearts and in our minds, we, we search for why, like why God would use us or how God can use us and like you said, it's just it's it's just allowing him to do it and 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 getting caught up in that mystery. It's powerful. I always give thanks as often as I can because I know as a priest the effects that the Eucharist has on people's lives. I've heard many, many testimonies of life changing encounters, powerful healings, people who have even been miraculously healed by the Eucharist and I just I just give thanks. It's a, it's a great gift that we don't appreciate enough. Uh, I wish more people appreciated this gift, yeah. but I appreciate it. And I guess I can appreciate it on behalf of the people that don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Father, I'd love to know how you spend time with the Blessed Sacrament in your personal time, in your personal prayer. Um, it's such a gift. Your priesthood is such a gift that you're able to bring Jesus to your community and to the parish. But in your own day-to-day, um, how do you spend your time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament? It varies. So sometimes it might be in my holy hour in the morning. I really have to fight for that time. I have to make sure that that hour is cut out each day. Um, that's 
more just me sitting, me listening, me paying attention. Um, I always begin lately with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, which is putting on the armor of God. I find that I need that now more than ever before with the world the way it is and just being able to move forward knowing that I'm protected. I'm, I'm protected by the Lord. I'm protected by the Holy Spirit. I'm protected and now so that I can go out strengthened by Him. And then I usually go and reflect on the Word of God and allow God to speak directly to me in the Word. What is He trying to say to me personally? It's not so much a study of the Scripture, but more of a word from God to me. What's the message in this Scripture? And then I'll usually go into some intercession. I'll pray for different people. I pray for some people every day, groups of people, individuals. And then um, I'll just listen sometimes. Just sit there and listen and see what God has to say. I really feel like it's different each time, but yet I go in with the same approach. Other times of the day, sometimes I'll just pop in and sit down and just look at the tabernacle or look at the blessed sacrament if it's exposed. And I'll just ask God to meet me where I'm at and I'll just allow that peace to enter into whatever is going on at that moment. And without exception, every single time when I come in with that desire to encounter God and have peace, peace comes. It's a one constant thing for me personally. I don't think I've ever left the Blessed Sacrament, ever left the presence of Jesus not feeling peace, not feeling at peace with God and at peace with the world around me. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I'm really grateful. And I want to thank both of you fathers for um, for sharing a little bit about um, just the, the role that the Eucharist has played in your vocations and for your yes to your vocations. And Father Jim, thank you so much for sharing your story with us at I Am Here. It's, it's a powerful witness to what the Lord can do through the Blessed Sacrament, and we are so grateful that you'd be willing to share it with us here on the podcast. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the I Am Here podcast. You can read and listen to more stories of people encountering Jesus in the Eucharist at IamHere.org. And we also invite you to share your story with us. I Am Here is a campaign by the Archdiocese of Detroit and Hello App in support of the National Eucharistic Revival.